52 years ago. And I think it was in the late 80s when I first went down there. I was a youth pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And we took a youth group along with another church, Grace Fellowship from Georgetown. And our two churches took a couple of groups down there. And that was my first uh, encounter with faith mission in uh, Brother and Sister Ehlers. And I will not uh, exaggerate when I say uh, that it was a life-changing encounter. And uh, I still get emotional. Because I remember very vividly my first trip there. And, um, you know, and Brother Ehlers will be the first to tell you it's not him. Uh, it's, it's Christ. And you don't have to, I'm telling you, you don't have to go to Del Rio or Acuna to experience transformation. Listen, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, but God uses experiences and God yes. uses people and places. Uh, to, to do his will. Yeah. And uh, these are just vessels that the Lord has used now for over 52 years to change and transform lives. It's God, to God be the glory because it's the power of God that does it. But I thank God for yielded vessels uh, that the Lord works through yeah. to affect and bring about his transformation. So... Um, Without any further ado, I'm going to let Brother Ehlers come and share. And then at the end of the service, we're going to pray for these needs um, that exist in the body. Amen? Yeah. Brother Ehlers, please come. Amen. Good. Can you hear me? Is everybody? Can you give me a little bit of an anointing there, please, with the microphone? Yeah, that helps me. Well, mm. <laughs> I asked two people when I came in here what was on their heart. If they had one desire, one petition, what is it? And the first one said about love, which is what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Not because she said it, but that's just like a prophetic word. It's a, yeah, that's, you're right on. This is it. And the other one talked uh, about patience and uh, what God's doing in our lives is that, love. And I noticed one of the songs that we sang was, he emptied himself of everything, but what? You sang it. He emptied himself of everything but what? Love. And and then the, the brother, where's the worship leader? Where is he? Okay. That, that's a magnificent brother. I mean, he, he was sharing some wonderful, wonderful things. But the reason it's significant is coming out of his heart. Now, you and I know that there's all kinds of churches, and we call them mega churches. And I've preached in the largest one in San Antonio at John Hagee several times. And there's all kinds of different groups. Uh, but you know what I've found out about smaller groups, 
smaller churches. There's a reason. <laughs> There's a reason for being small. What if you were to, without being judgmental or critical, what do you see as the difference in the super mod, you know, eloquent, multi-million dollar ministries? What is the big difference? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, it's family. It is family. And you know, brothers and sisters, they get into scrabbles once in a while. But there's something happening in the body of Christ that is so full of God, so full of love, that even if the building was half gone, you would come because you want to be with your brother and sister. Because there's such a love, there's such a... A reciprocation. You, you're, you're sharing your life. That's communion. We share the communion uh, in, in, in remembrance of the Lord, but we also share our lives with one another. Life. And uh, in bigger churches, that won't happen. I sat in a church for four, three and a half years. Every Sunday. Every Saturday night, prayer meeting. And God bless me, but after three and a half years, I knew no names. I, I didn't know anybody. We sat by different people every Sunday, and, and, and uh, we didn't even have the three-minute deal that you got here. What do you call that? Meet and greet. Meet and greet. Well, thank God for three minutes. I spent an hour down here by your lake this morning. We woke up early because we've been getting Esther to school for nine months. Never in my entire life have I got up at six o'clock every morning for anybody. But So we wake up. We're over on I-5, and we woke up at six o'clock. So we came over, and we wandered around your town. We prayed. We went down and prayed over the ducks and the geese and the... And there was, Bill was down there sitting, fishing. And I know more about him than I do about you. In reality, he had 11 children. By many women, as he put it. And uh, he was a truck driver. And I, I asked him, I said, what? How is your life? You know, and he said, it's good, I'm alive. And he was talking about, he was kind of summing up, you know. It sounded like he was kind of ready with one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peeling. You know? And then he said, you know, I'm 65. And I thought, hmm, I'm 76, and in August I'm going to be 77, and I just don't want to put my foot even close to the grave. No, I don't eat bananas for that reason. No, I really do eat bananas. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is there's people out there that are hurting. Now, this guy had three fishing poles at one time. I thought that was illegal. I didn't mention it to him. 
But I watched him with three poles. He says, get out of the way. He said, and boy, he pulled in another one of these little huge uh, catfish. It was about that long. <laughs> but I was able to at least be there. Do you know you're a carrier? You know, if you go visit somebody with the measles, you don't get the mumps usually. What do you get? The measles. So here you are. Is this a mother? Looks like a daughter. You are a carrier of life. And when you touch that girl, you're imparting not just what you say, not what you believe as much as who you really are. And you're a person of God. So when you touch a child, you're imparting that into their lives. And I'm so amazed at the fact that people in these days, when, when, you, when you realize who God is in you and what God's doing in your life, and you go about your life, do you know that people just want to touch you? I walked into the school uh, offices because I drop off. Now we got two little girls. Astra we've had since she was a month old, and she's 10. And now we got her little sister, which is 8. And uh, so I take them to school every morning, and, and I go into the office of the... This is a public school. This is uh, Garfield uh, grade, Elementary School. And so I go into the office every day to release the girls into their care. They go down the hallway, and there's three women that sit there. And they're doing phone calls, trying to deal with this irate mother or this father or the kids. And they've got the, the nurse right there in a the room. She has customers before the school starts. Three and four kids lined up. So there's a challenge there. And so after I did this for a while, excuse me, <coughs> I... Uh, I begin to prophesy. And you can prophesy anywhere you go, but don't try to make it sound like King James because he wasn't here when the Holy Spirit was given. You understand what I'm saying? We, we, we turn people off. You don't have to. You can, you can prophesy. And so I go in there and I greet the three ladies, you know, and, and inevitably God gives me just a little thought. Like the other day, I went in and I, I said to them, these are three women that are busy. But when I speak now, they all look at me. And I didn't say, hey, listen, I'm a pastor. I, nobody in Del Rio, I mean, realistically knows who I am other than Alan. That's all I tell them. I don't tell them I'm from the church. I don't tell them I've been here 52 years preaching the gospel, uh, ministering to the poor. I don't do that. Because the minute they put a tag on me, they dismiss me. You understand what I'm saying? So, I, 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 so I'm, in, I'm, I'm Alan, bringing these two little kids to school. And so the other day I, I, said, something, uh, I said something like, uh, do you know that in your weakest moment, when things really look bad, is when you're potentially going to have an encounter with the power of God? And one of the ladies jumped up, walked around the counter, and hugged me. Why? It wasn't because of what I said as much as who I am and what I'm carrying. You are carrying God's presence. So we're going to pray, and I want to hear, what is your desire? Brother, what is the 
foremost thing that is just there and it won't go away. And it seems like God is either saying something to you or desiring to do something. What would that be? Okay, and how many could say amen to that? Okay, so we're going to pray for one, one another in a little bit. And, and I want the people that are next to you to pray. You pray for this man to just be infused with the love of God. So what would it be? What, what about you, sister? What would be uh, a desire of your heart and it's just there and you just, oh, I'd really like God to do this in my life? Say it again. To stay on earth and spread the love. Oh, that's mine. I'm praying that very thing. I'm saying, God, I want to be around for a while. Now it's no longer for me. It's no longer for my ministry. Now it's for you, Lord. I want to be able to share Jesus. You know what Esther's praying for? She's 10 years old. And she's praying that, that I'll be there at her graduation and her marriage when she has her first baby. That'd make me pretty close to 90-some years of age. And I'm saying amen. I really would love to see that happen. But see, the, the, the Bible says, if you uh, delight yourself in the Lord, who knows that scripture? What does it say? If you, do you know what that is? If you delight yourself in the Lord, the, the Lord will he'll give you a desire. And then he comes along and gives it to you. He gives it to you. He puts something in your heart. You have something in your heart from God. Maybe you don't know it's from God, but it's a desire in your heart. So as you just enjoy the Lord, however you would do it, he'll come along and do it. He'll give you that desire. Now, all of this is that we might spread, carry the presence of God to people. I went in, we, we drove around, we literally drove around on the freeway around this, this whole deal looking for a restaurant. Everybody in the world goes to McDonald's, but when you want eggs fried halfway over easy, we went around and around and we stopped a guy, we said, where is the restaurant, you know? There's got to be a restaurant where you sit down and order bacon and eggs or something. Finally, after an hour or so, we found one. And it was uh, Gonzalez's something or other. It's a Mexican deal, kind of in that little mall. What's the name of it? It's, in a way, it's a Mexican deal. Yeah, mariachi, yeah. And uh, so we went in there, and, and uh, every place you go, there's people. There's people. And then next... Next to that restaurant uh, up a ways was a little store that sells stuff pretty cheap. I don't know what it is called, but we got to share the love of God in there and in the Mexican restaurant and down by the ducks and, and, and everywhere. Because there's hungry people. Now, they have no reason to come to your church until you obey the Lord. And the young man summed it up. What did he say? Jesus summed it all up. Love God as you love yourself. And that's, that's the only thing we have to do today is love people. You're free to just love people.
So we're going to pray, and I want us to pray for one another, first of all, and then I'm going to get to preaching. So don't, don't get nervous. Now, last night I was in Rudy's over there at Round Rock, and not everybody was listening, but the people I was talking to was listening. But before I left, I got to talk to people from India about the Lord. Wherever you go, there's people. So one more person that has a desire in your heart. By the way, I got so filled with God's presence. I've never done this, but you know, I've got communion. And I come along and here's this sister sitting there. I, I had the privilege of, of, of uh, serving her communion. I don't know if she normally do that or whatever, but she seemed to be happy about it. And I was. I've never put a wafer in a person's mouth and held the cup up. But you know what I felt like? I felt like I was doing it to Jesus because it's an act of love. That's a declaration that Jesus Christ is here. And no matter what happens, love is fantastic. So one other person that has, yes, Your son? I pray all the time that he'll get his head out of his behind yeah. and figure out mm. that that's not the way to live. Amen. Now let's agree right now. What's his name? Clint. Father, we agree in the name of Jesus Christ that Clint will be liberated starting right this moment, wherever he is, if he's got a hangover or whatever. God, that the Holy Spirit will speak. And when this mother is around him and infusing him with love. Let that love be the great attraction unto you, Lord. You said the goodness of God draws men unto them. We just ask you for this, 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 this heart to be answered, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So let's stand up, and I want you to team up with somebody, somebody near you, and I want you to pray this simple little prayer. Yes. Uh, over here, um, uh, my sister-in-law's niece is in a coma right now. And, uh, What's her name? Alicia. Alicia. Okay, if two or three agree, for Alicia, that she come out of that coma, that she come out of that coma, Lord, we agree right now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We stand here aware of your presence and the Holy Spirit here to go to this lady. Right now, in the hospital, in her condition. Lord, that your presence will so override. Lord, that your presence will so override the damage done. The trauma that's happened to her. That instantly, God, that she will just come awake. And be aware that God is touching her life. For salvation, healing, deliverance, life. Just infuse her with life. Now I want you to begin to pray for the person next to you and just pray this simple prayer. God, fill us with the love of God today. Fill us with the thing that will transform this earth. You came and you emptied yourself of everything except love. Let the love of God penetrate our hearts. Now speak it out loud. Don't be bashful. I just pray for my friend right next to me that to be filled with the love of God. 
the love of God, the love of Jesus, the love that took Christ to the cross, the love that brought Christ out of the grave. I pray for him right now. I pray for her right now. And I declare the presence of God, the anointing of God, the breath of God. Oh, Lord, we speak words of healing. (coughs) God, we speak words of healing in Jesus' name. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's lift up our hands and thank him for it. Lord, we thank you right now. We just thank you for your love. Let your, let your mouth open and, and just voice some kind of thanksgiving to God. If you want to begin to move in God, start with thanksgiving, then go to praise, and then go to worship, and you'll start hearing the voice of God. It's just as simple as that. Thanksgiving, Lord, we give you thanks for the deliverance for this individual in the coma. We give you thanks today for the person we prayed for, for love. We praise you for your great greatness, for your grand, grandness, and, and we worship you, Lord, here this morning in the spirit of truth, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now grab somebody and hug them. Just tell them, I love you in Jesus. I love you in Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, my. Praise God. Yes. Don't, don't leave out our sister seated there. Somebody go over there and love her. Yeah. Even love your wife. Hug your wife, your husband. Praise God. <coughs> and you may be seated. And I have, I have a little piece of paper that I want each one of you to have. And these, this brother... I called him a sister a while back. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I've been in Mexico a long time. So strange things happen to us. But you, young man and young lady, if you would, just separate half of them and, and, and go out and give, uh, give one to each person. Just, yeah, just go ahead and do it. Uh, I, wanted to, I want to, for those of you that don't know my wife, we've been married 57 years June 9th passed, just a few days ago. And my parents, my lieutenant, my friends said it wouldn't last 57 years ago. Oh, okay, okay. That's all right. You got to know the full story. We got married four times. We were in Japan on May 27th. We went to the Japanese Council, the American Council, and the U.S. Air Force, and they kicked me off the base because now I was married. But being Christians, we wanted to get married with other God's people, and so June 9th, that was happened. That was interesting because I got kicked off the base because married, you can't be on the base in Tachikawa, Japan. So I had no place, so I had to go and stay in the house of my wife, legally, that was the challenge. Without living with her. Yeah. That was exciting because every night I'd get off at midnight, ride my motorcycle to their house where the mom and dad and the sister and the brother was there. And I had to walk through this house past her and her sister to go sleep with her brother. So 
maybe that's why it's lasted so long. I got so excited about it that we're still together. I have started shaking, though, after 57 years. I, it, she, it, it, finally, I'm starting to shake a little bit. Okay, praise God. Now, you have in front of you a document that will change your life. I will guarantee it this will change your life if you just do the one thing. Just the one thing. What is it? Love. What's the phrase? 31 times it's the same phrase. Love one another. One to another. One to another. Okay, do you have any of those left over? Everybody got one? Oh, you don't need two copies. That's, it's the same. It's one of them's written out. Yeah. So anyway, I want you to keep one copy. But after the service is over, you can get the others back. I'm sorry. Uh, how, how powerful do you think God is? We, we, we know by Scripture, he's all powerful. What did Jesus say about what the Father gave to him? All power. All authority. And what did he say to his followers? As I have been sent, now I send you. As the Father sent me, I send you. So what do you have? All power. Have you been anointed? Have you been appointed for action? Do you realize that the reason we're gathered Today is to fellowship with one another and worship the Lord and maybe get some instruction. But it's what you do when you leave here until you come back. This is what you do. And I'll guarantee you, if you're anything like me, you don't get past the fourth one and you think, uh-oh. Let's read it. I want somebody to read number one, love. Somebody read it. Love, to one an- love one another, John 13, 34. This command occurs at least 16 times. All right. Say, love one another. Okay, number two, who's going to read it? Come on, somebody be ready. All right, Who, who's this one another? Is this just to Christians? Are we to just love the little babies? Everybody can love a baby. But some of these people that grew up are not all that lovable. You know? But we're supposed to love one another. Let's do that this week. I'll guarantee you this church will double in a very short time if we just love people. Because they're starving for love. I went into uh, Sonic I noticed that you have one. We came by it several times today. But in Del Rio, I hadn't been in a Sonic for for years. I mean, I didn't go by. But God just put it in my heart. So I went by and and they had no place for, you can't really go inside because it's strictly, you know how it is. They're just young people going back and forth with food. But I just walked in there a while back and I said, uh, I'd like to talk to the uh, to the boss person, El Jefe. And Anna, by the way, we have an Anna here today. Who is that Anna? Somebody told me their name was Anna. 
Don't be ashamed of it. It's a good name. Anyway, Anna came, and then uh, Shirley, or Beverly, and then finally Scott. Scott is the owner. So I just greeted Scott. I didn't tell him, hey, I'm a local pastor, because he would have said, what are you doing in here? I just said, I just wanted to come by and say hello to you. I used to come here all the time, and I love your milkshakes. And so three other times, the other day, the third time, I go in there, and I, I had to apologize to him. And I said, um, uh, Scott, I said, you know, uh, that red light right there, because he's right on the corner on one of our main streets. I said, do you know that red light? It bothers me sometimes. And so what I do is I zip through your property and go around the back and come out the other way. And he said, oh, he says, a whole bunch of people do, and they almost hit one of our girls. And I said, well, Scott, I want to apologize because this is what happened to me after I went through your place the other day like that. I got up the road just a little bit, and, and something inside of me said, would you like to have people do that to your front yard? And I thought, and I told Scott, I said, you know, that, that was not right. He said, oh, don't worry about it. I said, let me tell you, I will not do that again. You know what he asked for? What is your card? What is your name? How can I get a hold of you? Why? Because I did what one of these says down here. Uh, humble yourself. Which one is it? I can't see it here. Uh, oh, a third from the last. Clothe yourself with humility towards others. Do you know that that so touched his heart? He wanted my address. Now, of course, I'm praying. <laughs> Yay, God. <laughs> Maybe he's going to have a part in faith mission, but whether he does or not, I was able to touch him in such a way that he wanted to know where I am from, what I'm doing. Hmm? Okay, number three. Who's going to read it? Come on, you guys be ready. Just, uh, I have to go to Tyler tonight, so I can't spend all afternoon here with you. I'd love to. Come on, somebody read it. Honor? Okay, honor, honor one another. Uh, who's next? Come on, somebody. Okay, now you can only do one because some of these people are holding back. So we're going to get them to open up over a period of time. By 2 or 3 o'clock, you'll all be wanting to say something. <laughs> uh, okay, the next one, build. Yes. Okay. What happens when we do that? When we build up one another? I was in a car dealership, Honda, in Del Rio. Hadn't been there for years. Had no reason to go to Honda, but I'm going up the street, and the Lord says, go into Honda. <clears throat> so I go in there, and it was early in the morning, and there was a salesman, evidently, with a couple clear down at the other end of the, of the space, and there were two cars show, in the showroom. <clears throat> so I was walking around this one car, and uh, I, I come around, and, and so I was going to make another round, and all of a sudden, here's this lady. I didn't see her, and, and it, she kind of shocked me, and I said, oh, excuse me, I said, I didn't, I didn't see you here. I said, how are you today? And she looked at me, and she said, I'm dying of brain cancer. 
Just that quick, she said. She gave her prayer request. She didn't know. But she said, I'm dying with brain cancer. And I said, let me, let me just quickly tell you about our daughter. 36 years of age, the doctor said she's got two kinds of the most aggressive kind of brain cancer, and she probably won't live over 120 days. I said, she lived four years, and I'm going to pray for you right now. And I reached out, and I touched her shoulder, and I started to pray that the presence of God, the power of God would break, that, that the superior spirit would... Drive out the inferior spirit. And about three quarters of the way through the prayer, she went like this. And she said, she said, I think I just got healed. I said, I think so too. That all happened within three or four minutes. She, her life has changed forever. Mine has changed forever by that. A simple obedience. Because one of these says, pray for one another. Huh? I was in the bank, and I'm sitting down, and they have kind of a, a, a circle of, of couches and stuff kind of in the area. You come in, you're waiting to see a, a, the vice president or somebody, you know, an officer. And I'm sitting there drinking coffee, and I think, weren't you with me the day that, that the Lord told us? There was, there was a lady across from us. This is about eight feet, okay, in another couch. And normally, <coughs> excuse me, when I get done drinking my coffee, I get up and go to the right and put the coffee cup in the garbage, which by the coffee area. <coughs> but this day, <coughs> excuse me, the Lord said, I want you to go over there by this lady. And so this lady is sitting there, and I'm walking up, and I just come by her, and I said something. I can't remember what I said. But it wasn't, you know, you need God. <laughs> But I knew that God was doing something because he, he took me there. He wouldn't let me go the way I was normally go. I traveled the path least traveled on for me. And, and I said something to her, and she reached out. It was like, don't go away. And she said something, and I said something, and next thing you know, I was praying for her. And she wouldn't let go of me. She was just clinging there. Another time, same area, uh, an elderly woman and her husband was seated over to the right, and I'm sitting here. And so I said something like, are you aware of the fact that today's an awesome day? Do you know why? Or so? You know, just a simple statement. And the woman turns to her husband and says, this is a man of God. We need to hear what he has to say. So then I drew nigh, and they're sitting... They're seated here in the bank, and, and, and they're little people. So I don't, I don't want to bend over, so I got down on my knees. I just got down on my knees, and, I'm, and they're sitting here, and I'm kind of right there in front of them, and I started to pray. And God brought a healing in her life and hope in that man's life. Every place you go, people are hungry. The thing that I have to battle is don't be religious. Don't give off the air that I'm somebody. Because one of these says what? Who knows where it says something about humbling? You know where it is? There's something about humble yourself. Oh, empty yourself. Let's see, where is it? Mm. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's it. 
You can't go wrong. Do you know that the higher level of moving in God requires going low, going in humbleness? I was so humbled the other day, I could not believe it. I've never in my life, in, 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 in actuality, I, I made a fool of myself. But my friend was hemorrhaging, bleeding intensely inside, and they couldn't find it. They couldn't find where sprung a leak. Inside, he was bleeding to death. Twice over a period of week, he had just been walking along, feeling fine, and all of a sudden, boom, he's on the ground, fainted, passed out for the lack of blood to the brain. <coughs> so uh, a friend of mine told me, he said, you know, that they're going to ship uh, him to uh, San Antonio because they can't find where it's leaking. And they're pouring blood in him, and it's, he's leaking. And so I came to the ICU ward. And I don't know this man real personally, but I've known of him for 30-some years. And I came into the ICU room, and I caught just out of the side of my eye the first, they have kind of little areas that, with a screen around them, or the curtain. And I just caught that it was my friend. And I pushed the curtain aside. I came in and fell on my knees beside his bed and prayed so deeply that pretty soon, raise up your arm. Pretty soon he went like this. I'll be all right, Brother Ehlers. <laughs> That's what he was he was calming me down. I, I don't know if he goes to church or Episcopal church or I don't know where he got. It doesn't make any difference. The point is, <clears throat> God wanted me to come to him. And so I'm praying, and finally he said, I'll be all right. And they shipped him air, shipped him to San Antonio. They examined him. They took all kinds of stuff, figured ways that they couldn't figure out in Del, Del Rio, and they examined him. And from the time I prayed for him, he's never had another time. He's home. They dismissed him from the hospital. They said, whatever it is, it's healed up. Isn't that amazing? I mean, twice it wasn't healed. But after prayer, he was healed. Are you willing to be made a fool out of for somebody's life? Are you willing to humble yourself and... And I'm not talking about being whatever we happen to, to be apart from the Holy Spirit, but just that love, the love of God. Humble yourself. Amazing things will happen. Okay, the next one is build up one another. Be what? What's the next one? Be like? What does it say? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, let's say... Uh, Let's say, uh, who, 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 what about you, young man? What's your name? Huh? Agent. Agent? Oh, AJ. Oh, that's simple. A letter. When you've got hearing aids and you hear all kinds of noise, it's hard to hear. AJ. But okay, AJ, what if you had in your heart a specific request to the Lord? You're, are you, what, 17? 15. Oh, I thought about 15, but I didn't want to. I mean, you're so tall. You probably get to eat a lot, I suppose. But AJ, as a 15-year-old, I know 15-year-olds have 
things going on. And what if I would come into agreement with you? What, what does it say? What did it say? Be like-minded. Why? Why is it important for us to get along? Why is it important for me to guard my relationship with my wife? What happens if I don't guard my relationship with my wife besides a divorce? What else would happen or not happen? God won't answer my prayers. You know how God honors? If we honor God, you know how he honors us? He answers our prayers. He just answers our prayers. But to be like-minded with you is an agreement that releases something of God into your life. I love to have people. When I'm sick, whoever's around, I just get on my knees and I say, I'm sick, pray for me. We had three men come all the way from Amarillo to Del Rio. It's like an eight-hour trip. And, and I, was, I was in depression. This was years ago, but I was in depression. The first day they came, I, I felt like saying, Charlene, lock the doors. Don't ever let Christians in my house again. I just, I, that's how low I was. But the second day, they prayed and they prayed and they talked. And just as they were finishing, I, got, I just got a, a blip of light, just a little tiny bit of light. But the third day, they prayed for me and boom, that thing was broken. And I haven't been depressed since. Uh, that's not to say I don't get angry once in a while. I mean, but Esther's there to say, Dad, what was it to be calm and patient, all that stuff? She did that to me yesterday. Very humiliating. Because I'm driving through Austin. I, am, I, I, I got up early. And I drove to San Antonio, had lunch with a pastor, and, and then I met somebody in San Marcos, two pastors or two men of God. And so I'm tired already, and then I'm going to drive through Austin to Round Rock. So I've got a GPS, I've got OnStar, I've got the Holy Ghost, I've got everything. <coughs> and I go through Austin at 20 miles an hour. Boy, Esther said, this is really fast. And... So I finally get through there and break out of the traffic and the GPS says absolutely nothing to me. It's supposed to say, get off at this exit, you're that round rock or wherever it is. So 14 miles up the road, I'm saying, I know Round Rock and Georgetown's was on I-35. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the address was 1990 I-35. <coughs> so, shouldn't that motel be on I-35? <coughs> That's what my thinking was. But the GPS didn't tell me that. And so I'm calling OnStar and I'm saying, hey, what's the matter here? This is the third time uh, I've called you and you guys reset everything. And uh, where is Round Rock? And, he, and this girl, she says, well, it's 14 miles away from you and was going to hang up. In fact, the first one did. And I called back and I said, please tell me, is it in front of me or behind me? And the woman says, at first she said, it's in front of you. That made me feel good. But then she said, right, oh, no, it's behind you. And I, I lost my cool. 
I just did not want to bless her at all. I was tired, and I was weary, and this traffic, and so I turned it around, and I was grumbling. And what did Esther say? Just calm down and cool, Daddy. Just calm down and be cool. <laughs> you know, I, it's like, I got to write. And, and so then I get to this motel, and there's five people in line to check in. And bless Brother, uh, the folks there, and, and uh, Jack. And uh, they, they had a, a room set aside for me. But there's five people in front of me, and this is, this is like, I don't know what time we left Del Rio at, at 8, and this was at 4.30. And so I, I'd really like to just lay down, you know? And this lady was just talking and talking to this other lady, and there's five people in front of me. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to say, just do your business, lady, just, you know. And, and the Lord said, well, how are you going to witness to her with that? You will be witnessing, but not for me. So then the next lady, there was three ladies, and they all just talked about Lady Alstom. And I, and I was really getting uptight. And, and then the, the man in front of me, I don't know what he said, but it irritated me. And so then I'm in front of this lady. Now, I've been walking in the spirit of Christ up until the, about an hour before this. And, and, and just everywhere I'd go, God would give me a word. And I knew better than open my mouth because I was not ready to prophesy. Do you know that the smallest thing can just, just move your thinking away and you won't even hear what God says to those people? So I get right in front of her and this lady made me smile. She just, whoa, how are you? It sounded like me talking to her. You know, this is a wonderful day, you know? And I broke down and smiled, and that thing was broken. She ministered to me, and I was amazed. So we better read on here. Uh, some of you are getting nervous here. Don't, oh, and I'm shaking. Come on, read the next one. Accept one another, admonish one another, Greet one another. Care for one another. Just share. Do you know I had to do a thing in my brain? I'm sitting, at, I'm standing and talking to this man down there with the three fishing poles. And I, I'm always amazed at, because before, if, if I would never see this person again, why, why bother? Me, you know, why bother? And the Lord showed me something to this morning, the reason that you're witnessing or talking to these people is not for your benefit. That's what I've called you to do, is to love one another. And it was like he said, does that man, because of the color of his skin, is he less important in my, my kingdom? And I thought, no. No, he's not. Then I ought to be willing to lay down my life for that man. We, we had to face this kind of a, of a uh, judgment, I guess, with, uh, after we had Esther for 10 years, okay? And here's her little sister, who was born on this side as well, living in Mexico, no benefits, nothing. Can't go to American school. She's a U.S. citizen. I went to the school, the head people. I said, listen, this is a U.S. citizen. 
but she's not living in the country. Now, what do you think would come to your mind if you're concerned about the neighbor or the sister to the one that you're caring for? How do you come up with a deduction? So I said to my wife, I said, do you think that Jennifer is any less value? I mean, because you know how women are. Women, say amen. Come on. At 74, I'm saying we could do it again. We could bring Jennifer into our home. Try it, brothers. See what you say. But thank God my wife is a woman of God, and she didn't hit me. You know. Because is Jennifer less important than Esther simply because she don't live on this side? Shouldn't she have? That's the way that God was speaking to my heart. Shouldn't she have the availability to be able to go to a school and get a good education? And, and, and then he adds stuff in like, what do you want to leave in this world? A car, a bank account, a house? Or do you want to leave something into a human being that will touch four and five generations that you'll never meet? Man, I want, I, want, I want my life to count for God. And in order to do that, I can't always think about, is this a benefit to me? How much is it going to cost? We're entirely too carnal in some of the decisions we make. How valuable is Jennifer? I would have brought her on this trip, but the mother's not quite (laughs) ready to let go of of her daughter, as she did with Esther, because we had Esther from a baby. But here's an eight-year-old that the mother's really... And you know what I'm saying to the daddy? The daddy's got it. What are you going to leave for this daughter of yours? A little hut? Maybe a vehicle? Maybe a something? Or would you like to give her an education? Would you like to provide an opportunity for her to have medical? She had six teeth with no tops on them in her mouth. I've never, ever seen a mouth like that. I said, Jennifer, you've you, 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 uh, go, you got to go to the dentist. I was like, who are you talking to? I mean, the parents, that's just the way it is in Mexico. And so finally, Charlene and I, we made the decision. And I said to Juan and to, to Sonia, I said, uh, you know, God's put it in our heart. We'll do whatever we need to to have her a resident in the United States. So we got another bed, put it into the bedroom. We got another dresser drawers. We put it in there. And she's a U.S. citizen. See, legally she can be here. Her parents, her parents can't. But how, how willing are we to really say, God, I'm available to you when it comes down to another person in your home? Okay, praise God. Serve one another. Bear one another's burden. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Speak the truth in love. I was standing in a business in Del Rio, and the Lord said, go to the boss. Go to the owner. In fact, it's the same guy I told you that got healed, but this was previous till he got before he got sick. 
So I went to him and I said, I, and, and he knows who I am. We've been around, you know, 52 years and he's had this place. But I walked in his office and he said, sit down. He said, what's, what's happening? I said, and I don't like to use too many religious terms because it turns people off. I didn't say, well, you know, God just spoke to me to come and talk to you. I didn't do that. What I said is, I'm feeling something in my heart that you're carrying a burden. And he wept immediately. He said, I do have a burden. I said, well, we're going to pray and we're going to lift that burden. And so he told me what the burden was is for one of the ladies that's worked for him for 18 or 20 years is breast cancer. And I just reached out and I grabbed a hold of his hand and I said, let's agree, let's pray, let's right now. And so I walked out of the office and it was a few days later when the Lord said, now I want you to go to her. He had told me her name and I, I seen him there along the desk. So I went to this lady and I said, do you, do you have just a couple minutes? I want to share something with you. She got up, got out of the work area and came over and sat off to one side and I said, uh, I said, you know, I've been praying for you. I didn't tell her what. I didn't want to embarrass her. I just said, you know, I've been praying for you. And she reached out and grabbed me and she said, oh, she said, I have breast cancer. And, uh, and she just described what she's going to go through. And, and I don't know if she goes to church or not, but I know she's a, a person that God loves. And so I reached out and, and, I, and I took her hand and I said, well, let's pray. I'm going to pray right now. So I prayed for her. Well, from that time on, the other day, you know what she said when I came in the door? She said, when I see you coming, I, I just, I take a breath because I know God is with you. Every one of you are a light. Jesus said, you're a light, you're the salt. Light gives evidence of God, brings things open. Huh? Salt is a preservative, but it also gives taste. That's what we are. Are you being that daily? Are you going to do that this afternoon? You don't even have to try to be salt or light. You are. I was reading Isaiah 60, verse 1. It talks about the light will be on you and the people in darkness will come to your light. Three or four occasions now, just meeting people, they'll use the term, they don't know the Bible. A lot of them don't. And they'll say something like this. You know, when you show up, it's just like a light's coming into our offices. So I go to the abstract company, to Sonic, to uh, three different uh, car dealerships, two different banks, and the airport. And two things always come up. I don't tell them what to say, but they say, you know, it just feels like when you come, I feel something. I like, in fact, the owner of the car dealerships came to me on the, I just met him three times. And he came to me and he said, Alan, he said, uh, I would like you to come to my other businesses and walk around and do what you do. What do I do? I drink their coffee. <laughs> really? Because I don't have an agenda. I'm just there. Like the sun comes up and it's just there. Huh? Like somebody puts salt on your food and you just, hmm. And I am so amazed because for 52 years, I had no friends in Del Rio. Now, wherever I go, now I will remember that man with the three fishing poles because he told me about his life and he wasn't bashful. 
So I was able to utter a prayer. You see what I mean? Okay, let's finish up here. Somebody read one. Where are we? Yeah, go ahead. Somebody else. Yeah, go ahead. Someone else. Submit to one another? Wow. That's a humiliating thing. That takes the argument right out of our mouth. It didn't, you know, I mean, moms and dads, if you've got a teenager, because you stand with your teenager doesn't say you agree with what they're doing or thinking. But what would Jesus do? What did Jesus do with the woman caught in adultery? Here's the religious people. They got the stones in their hands. We're going to get her. Jesus gets down on his knees, writes something in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote. And he turns to the lady and he says, where's your accusers? And she said, I have none. They're gone. And what did Jesus say? Huh? Neither do I. Can you say that? Can you mean it in your heart when your husband lowers the boom? <laughs> or your wife loses her cool? Or your son or your daughter just kind of messes up? Can you, can you, what happened to that woman? When she got up, she walked away as clean as any woman could ever be. And she was so full of the grace and the appreciation for forgiveness, she goes and gets the whole village. That's potentially what you can do. Just, just around here, if you take the time to love people. Consider, oh, consider others better than yourself. That's a challenge. Look to the interests of one another. I, I, I was driving up the boulevard in Del Rio, and as I go over the railroad tracks, on the right-hand side is a big service station. I don't normally go to that service station. I don't buy gas there hardly ever. But um, just the other day, Friday, I'm over there, and here was this, and just as clear as a bell, the Lord said, turn in here and go to the first pump. So I turn in. I go to the first pump, and I'm just sitting there. I look out the window, and along the wall, maybe about 40 feet from me, is a man laid up against the wall, throwing water on himself. He's got a, a water spigot there he had opened up from the, the company or whatever it was. And I just got up, and I walked up to him. He, he wasn't drunk. And I looked at his eyes, and I said, are you hurting? He said, yes. I said, are you sick? He said, yes, I'm throwing water on me because I've just lost control of my body. And I said to myself, God, what am I going to say to a man that's hurting? And he's had this accident, and, and he's sick. I just waited a moment, and I heard God say, tell him that he's not alone, but I'm here with you, and I care for you. And so I did. And you know what he said? He quoted 
our Father which art in heaven. And when he got to the place of forgive me of my sins as I forgive others, he stopped and looked at me and I said, that's right. We do, we do have to, and we do it, forgive one another. And I knew, I knew, because hundreds of times of late when I'm just a short word of ministry, three minutes or less, I knew what he was going to do and I really did not want him to touch me. I mean, it, it was bad. It, it was just bad. And sure enough, I, so I, you know, I, I went like this, I started to move away and he reached out and wanted to shake my hand. Are we willing? Are we really willing to serve God? Or are we just here in doctrine? You're going to have opportunity, believe me. You're going to have opportunity today to put some of this into practice. If you do it, I'm going to tell you the result. Not only is there healing and deliverance for that person, you will walk away with the realization, wow, I've just been blessed by God. We need to see Jesus alive. We need to see him in, with our relatives in our home at the gas station at HEB. I was in a grocery store in Ohio. I had never been there before. I'm third in line. I've got my product, whatever it was. And there's a lady that's checking this out and swiping. You know how they do. And now I'm second. My heart's beating like mad because God said something to me. He said, tell the woman that what happened to her five years ago today, it's over. So now I'm number one. I give her the product. She swiped it. <coughs> I hand her the money, and, and uh, it, the time had come. And I said, ma'am, excuse me. Now, you've got to keep in mind, this is in a big grocery store, and there's like six or eight checkouts happening. She turned to put the money in the cash register, and I said, ma'am, by the way, what happened to you five years ago today is over. And she screamed. <gasps> and this is what she said. How did you get into my brain? Needless to say, everybody became the audience, the whole, the whole people at the checkouts. And I said, well, ma'am, I didn't get into your brain, but I'm just saying what God put in my heart to say. And she just stopped. She just stopped and she said, I want to tell you that five years ago today, my husband left me. And I said, well, it's over. It's over. And she was instantly set free. And I would think she's probably still praising God. Ugh. Okay, comfort one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. Stir up, provoke, stimulate one another to love and good works. Show hospitality. Wow, that's costly. I was in the Hyundai Corporation, and here was a man waiting for his car to get fixed. I didn't know him. And I'm talking to one of the salesmen, and I was sharing with the salesman something. And the salesman left, and this guy jumped up, and he said, I've been praying for somebody to speak into my life that's older than I. I said, I'm your man. <laughs> and then he tells me that he's been an alcoholic. And then in the next breath, the Lord says, I would like you to invite him to your home. You know what the first thought I thought about my wife and little Esther? And I'm inviting a person I've never seen in my life. 
and he says he's an alcoholic? What did I do? I had to make a judgment. Did God get me there? Did he jump up and want to talk to me? Yes. So God precipitated. So we're obeying God. Okay, we're going to pray. Some of you are getting hungry. <sighs> Father, thank you so much for the little phrase 31 times, love, love one another, one to another, care, help, support, relieve, humble ourselves one to another. Father, I just love this church. God, I love this pastor and his family. And uh, I just pray, God, that they'll, some of this testimony, some of this, uh, the words, your scriptures, will ignite something in us to cause us to realize that we are able today to love people and to just practice some of these things. Instead of sitting around and and practicing our problems by going over and over again. Maybe just, just practice the presence of God. Lord, I just pray that the presence, the power, the anointing of God will be increased over here. Now, those of you that really feel like this says something to your heart, I want you to slip up your hand. Just the, the stuff we've been talking about, the testimonies. The testimony of the Lord makes wise the simple. But you, you know that God is speaking to you. I want you to lift up your hand if you know God is... Now, Father, those that are here that know it, some may don't know it, but we'll pray for them in a moment. But, Lord, for these that know it, that you will just infuse them, just throw some sparkling onto them, the little sparkles that children put on their hair and stuff. Throw some sparkling of your love that they'll just shine like the girl in the Mexican restaurant this morning. That I was able to acknowledge that God is in her life. I could see it in her eyes. And a simple word, she won't forget that word today. Just empower us, Lord, with the Holy Spirit to do something, whatever it is. We've got a choice of 31 different ways that we can do something today that will bless somebody else. I just pray for that, Lord, to, to infuse them. And for those that maybe are not aware of it, or maybe don't this, this doesn't ring a bell, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask God that you will, at least once a week, read down through these 31 admonitions or five or six things that says don't do. And just ask God about it. If, you, if you'll read it once a week for a month, that's four or five times, whichever the month's got. Once a week, if you'll do that and consider it and ask God about it, raise up your hand. And I'm going to pray for you. So, Father, you see these that are honest. They're very honest today. And, Lord, you're the one. It's got to be the Spirit. It can't be just another program. Lord, you do it in our lives. You speak into our lives and let the Holy Spirit just fill us, fill us right now with that love, that dynamic of God, the thing that you let go of all things except that love. And so, Lord, fill our hearts with the 
the Holy Spirit, which the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Do that today in every one of us. Lord, we just agree together that that will be true. Not just for the body of Christ here, but for those that could be touched. And even if they never show up here, we will feel so gratified, so blessed by having obeyed God. We just praise you and we thank you for your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 What else was we supposed to agree on besides the lady in the coma? Was that the one we prayed for? That no, oh. his, um, I met this family um, a year or so ago. Their okay. brother passed away, and the other brother now is in ICU. Okay. And, and his name is Tony. Okay. We want to agree together for Tony's healing. What is he faced with? What's, what are they saying? Uh, he has cirrhosis. Cirrhosis. Was he an alcoholic? Had he been? Okay. Father, come on, let's agree. Just everybody, just stretch out your hand toward our sister. And, Oh, God, we just thank you, Lord. God, in these things, you either do it or they don't make it. But God, here's a woman who's carrying a, a care and a burden for, for this individual. And we just agree with her right now that that cirrhosis will cease. I can see the Holy Spirit like a river would come through an area that's been dry and the river carries out all of the garbage that the Holy Spirit can sweep through his body and carry out the cells that have been destroyed and bring in new life. God, we just agree together that you will touch this individual. Bring healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Who is it that's really, really hurting financially? I mean, really hurting financially. I know that the church has gone through a lot, and I, I want to agree. I want to thank you that you have been supporting faith missions for many, many years. Uh, but there was, was it a year and a half ago when I came through? Remember, I gave you an offering. Was that about a year and a half ago or somewhere? About a year ago. I was driving from Tyler, and God spoke to my heart to call the pastor and have him meet me, and we met at McDonald's. And uh, God said, I want, I want you to give him all that you have. And, that, and that's not hard for me because I've been a receiver so much. I have, goodness, all my life, been living by faith, and God has never failed. And so, with joy. But when I gave it, I can't remember the exact words, but it was something that God said that he was going to break the, the poverty thing or somehow release a volume of money. And I still believe that. I still pray about that. And uh, I think, the, 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 the key to this is fall in love with each other so much that you'd be willing to lay down your life. Do you know that generally speaking, 10% of the people carry 90% of the burden for the finances in a church? 
if every one of us would, would pick up... I wanted to tithe this morning, and so I did. I've never done that. You know, being in a church, and, 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 and the Lord said, well, tithe, tithe something. So I did. Into the tithe. What a blessing. Because I now have reason to believe, because I sowed a seed. I have reason to believe God's going to, somebody's going to come in with a bundle of money. It'll happen. I'm just telling you, that's the way God op- operates. You sow a seed and boom, things begin to happen. So those of you that are really feel pressed by finances, it's just, you get so much money, but there's more out, more need than there is money. Just be honest, because I want to break that syndrome. I want to break that thing off from you. Who? Come on. Who is it? Hmm? Only one? Don't You know, we shouldn't be embarrassed by saying, hey, <laughs> I want to get in on this, because God is here. Don't wait until afterward and say, well, I, I felt too, but I was embarrassed. Throw embarrassment out. Hey, God is here. You know, we go into the hospital, they take away our clothes, they give us a, a dress that's not complete, <laughs> and they put stuff on our arm, and they look at our body, and we don't even know those people. We just, oh, here I am. <laughs> Why don't we do that for God? Oh, here I am, Lord. You know, I've got this problem and this difficulty, but I want prayer. So there's anybody else? All right, there's three. Now, know where they are, because you're going to pray for them. Raise your hand against this. Okay, there's two there. Here's this sister here. That sister back there. Back here and here. Wow, that's what, six or seven people now. I want you that are around these people to lay your hand on them and just declare that the prosperity of God, the blessing of God is flowing toward you right now. Right now. Come on. Just exercise your faith. Don't, don't be hesitant. Just speak it. Pray like it was for you. <laughs> Pray that, like the seriousness of what God's doing uh, in your life. Pray that that will happen. Father, I pray for this church, for, for pastor, for the family, for the whole financial uh, status of this church, that, that, the, that the, the tide, instead of going out, will begin to come in because of the presence of God, not because of another program, not because we're uh, exchanging our values for something of the world, no, but because of your presence. We have the answer right here today in the hearts of these people. We have the heart, oh my God. A mega church has, no, it can't even begin to compete with what God's doing. No other kind of Christianity can compete with what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life. Hold fast to that which is right. Hold fast to what is, is true of the Spirit. And know that God is God. And there is no competition. Some people feel like they're in competition with the megachurch. No, listen, the megachurch can't even begin to compete with what the Spirit of God, one moment in the presence of God, breaks bondages. Poverty must go in Jesus' name. The superior spirit of God will not submit, it will not bow its knee to the inferior spirit of po- uh, poverty, uh, poverty. We will not do it. 
We declare health, joy, peace, longevity, prosperity into these families, especially spiritually, so that that light will shine bright, that salt will do what it needs to do, and believe me, the people will come. The people will come. Love them. Love the unlovable. Love everybody. And the people will come. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you.